All right, so the first people that need microphones are Taylor and Rachel Copeland. It doesn't. It doesn't. Oh, now it works. Okay. It's on. He's talking it. He'll handle it. Okay. All right. So, how many of y'all is the first time that I put you on stage and made you talk? You did. Mike did. Well, good. Anybody scared? Everybody okay? Good. All right. So, we have like 15 questions and not that many minutes. So, you got to keep your answers relatively briefish. Don't preach. Just answer it, and it's going to be great. Cool? All right. So, the first one, uh, Taylor, this is yours, man. Um, we're going to do a section about friends. We're going to talk about friends for a little while. So to kick that off, Taylor, how did you develop a strong group of Christian friends, and how was that helpful? Okay. So um, we all met from Mount Zion, this youth group, actually. And so we all started doing all these things like greenhouse and these trips. So we're hanging out a lot, and we decided, you know, we're friends now pretty much. Don't act like it hasn't happened to some of you already. So we started hanging out, like, outside of church and everything and just doing what friends do. And it's been really awesome because good Christian friends, like a tight circle like that, which I was lucky enough to have, uh, they help, you hold each other accountable. So it's really helpful. Uh, will you pass yours to LaVon? Okay, so Rachel Copeland, um, yes. how did negative friendships impact you? Okay, um, I've had some negative ones. They impacted mostly like the words you say, um, your actions around other people, um, you start getting into bad stuff really quickly. It just, it all falls downhill really fast. What'd you do about it? What'd I do about it? Um, well, for a while I just stayed in the friendship and it kept getting worse. And then I was like, okay, this isn't happening. So just kind of stopped talking to them for the most part. Try to get away from them. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you think it's possible to not be influenced by the people you used to hang around? No. I don't think it's... Well, hold on. That's a confusing question. Uh, you will be influenced by the people that you hang out with automatically. Just, it's human nature. So, LaVon, same questions. Tell me, uh, tell me about how negative friendships have impacted you and what you're doing about it and uh, that stuff. Well... <laughs> Um, I don't know. I just, like, try not to surround myself with negative people. Like, I have a whole bunch of um, negative friends that are, like, constantly trying to get me, like, not to go to Greenhouse. And they're always like, hey, you should come with us. Oh, we're going to go do this. And I'm just like, uh, rather not. I want to go to Greenhouse. And I'm like, oh, well, we're going to do this and that. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> but um, all I can really say is, like, surround yourself with positive people. Absolutely, man. Do you think it's possible to hang around, uh, to be to be a, above the influence or whatever? Or can you not be influenced by the people you're around? I mean, yeah, if you give in to peer pressure, but I don't. I'm a, I'm okay. a baller. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, Claire, you're next. All right, I keep the so, mic. Do I keep the mic, or did I give somebody who I give it to? I gotta keep it. I can't even hear you, dude. I'm like behind the speaker. It sounds like Do I'm in a tunnel. Do I keep the mic? All right, I'll keep the mic. It's cool. We'll talk later. All right. Um, so, Claire, you're next. You're talking about leaders for us a little bit. All right? So, adult leaders. Adult leaders in the room, if you'll just raise your hands. 
Give, give them a whoop whoop. Yeah. All right. All right. Clear. How have adult leaders impacted your walk with Christ? Um, the adult leaders are older than you, if you didn't know that. But um, they've been through everything that y'all have been through. And they're always there if you need, like, help. And they're always, like, there with kind words. And I wouldn't have made it through high school or junior high without the help of all of the, the leaders. And they're, and they're always there to encourage you, too, if, you, if you're down or encourage you when you're up, too. Now, that just didn't happen, right? So how did you, how did you start a relationship with one of those terrifying, scary-looking adults? Um, first off, you go and say, hey, and you introduce yourself. What do you do? You say, hey? Yes. You say, hey, my name is, insert your name. Yes. <laughs> okay, good. And then you just, like, talk to them. And they're pretty good about talking to you first. Like, they're pretty good at just talking to you. And if you have problems, you can always go up to them because they're not, like, they're not scary people. You can talk to them. <laughs> yeah. So tonight, I think three of you have come up to me and said, hey, can we talk? I was like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, and it's just that easy. Uh, so come up, walk up to an adult, say, hey, can we talk? And if you don't know them, it's probably awkward. So you should probably say, hey, my name is, and then ask them if you can talk. Anyway, um, another great way to get to know adults is through small groups and all the, the trips we do. Uh, when, when, when you're around adults, try to get to know them. They're here for you. All right, next is uh, Owen and Grant. So they need microphones. We're going to talk to Owen first, and we'll talk to Grant. We're going to talk about um, specifically uh, spending time with God and how that changes things. So, um, Owen, first, how did uh, your life change once you began regularly spending time with God? All right. Well, um, beforehand, I didn't really know God that well. wasn't that close to him. Uh, I wouldn't think about him much during the day. Then afterwards, I'd get closer to him, learn more about him, and in turn become a better person and a better Christian. So what, what advice would you give to those of us in here who are not spending time with God, we're not reading our Bibles, we're not spending time in prayer? What, what would you tell us to do? I'd say that at first it's hard to start out, but pick a time. For me, it worked at night, right before I went to bed, a time when you're not doing anything else, at, and stick with that time for a while. Now I feel bad if I don't do it, so that'll kick in. <laughs> Awesome. All right, Grant, same questions, man. How did life change once you began spending time with God regularly? Okay, so before um, before I started um, my devotionals, you're just kind of going through the day. But um, So I do mine in the morning, and uh, it just gives you a chance to kind of, um, before you get your day started, just uh, read your passage or whatever you do. And um, just as you go throughout the day, kind of reflect on what you read and, um, get a chance to live it out. Sweet. You kind of put your advice in there too, so that's good. All right, cool. Um, next is Shannon and one of the Rachels who I didn't write down your last name, so I don't know which one it is. It's number eight, if you remember. Is that you? Yeah, that's Good. Me. All right. That one. Um, okay. This is about identity. Uh, one of the things I think teenagers struggle with most is figuring out who you are. Um, if I see you here, you are one person. If I were to see you at school, you are a different human being, um, like existentially a different person. Uh, then when you're at your house, you're a different person. Again, you just don't know who you are. Um, you change depending on your circumstances. Um, and one of the things that, that we desire for you is to figure out who you are in Christ and who you 
actually are as a person, what matters to you, and, and really just de- being able to define your identity, okay? So that's what I want for you, but that's easier said than done. So, uh, Shannon, how did you, how'd you do that? How did you figure out who you are, particularly who you are in Christ? Um, well, it kind of, it was difficult for me because I didn't, like, everybody here, most everybody here goes to, like, Sparkman, so, and I went to Bob Jones, and so it's kind of, it was kind of hard because I would see myself being a different person at school than I was at church, um, but it really helps if you hang out with the same people that you hang out with here. If you, like, don't just have your friendships here, you take them beyond the church walls is a really helpful thing, and I also found that if I was ever, like, going through something and I couldn't figure out anything, you can either pray and talk to God or you can talk to an adult leader because if you are ever struggling with something, talking to somebody else is one of the best ways to figure it out. Don't just try to tackle the situation on your own. So that kind of really pushed me along and helped me to figure out who I am because for the longest time that was a big struggle. Rachel, same question, man. How did you figure out who you are in Christ? Um, like a Sunday school answer as it is, uh, I read my Bible and, um, there's a story in there about Mary, the sister of Martha. And like, she worshiped Jesus in a different way than her brother and sister did. And like, I've got three sisters. And so like, we all have different personalities. And so I thought like, there was like one way you were supposed to be Christian. Like you sing Jesus loves me on Sunday morning and stuff like that. But like, that's not true. Like you can be a Christian in your own way, if that makes sense. And so, like, you know, you don't have to, everybody has different personalities, and, like, God gets that. And so you really, he can use you however you are and whoever you are. And so just, like, acknowledging that and then being in conversation with God all the time, um, saying, you know, how can you use me and, and why is my personality like this and how can I use that to glorify you? And so you just, you know, read your Bible and pray a lot, really. All right, we'll do that. That sounds great. Um, sweet. Okay, so uh, next, maybe Rachel Cunningham, you're still on deck. Um, so uh, was there ever a time that you dropped out of greenhouse? Yes. How'd that go? Uh, super and when, when was that? When I was in uh, ninth grade, was that year, um, I pretty much dropped out. I mean, I would come every few weeks and stuff, check in, make, make sure everything was still running. I came on Sunday mornings and stuff, but um, I just kind of dropped out on Wednesday nights, um, you know, just say I had homework or something like that, so I didn't have to come, because really I just, I wasn't in the best place, and so not coming to church, believe it or not, didn't help. So, um, you know, once I got back into the swing of things, you know, God really said, you know, hey, you went through some rotten stuff, but other people are going through rotten stuff too. And so, you know, in Esther and in Second Corinthians, it says, you know, maybe I put you in this spot so you can help somebody else. And so once I kind of got on the other side of that and was looking back, I was like, maybe I should help other people going through like the same stuff. So don't drop out. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Uh, when you guys go through stuff, I mean, you feel distant and you're floundering a little bit. Um, the last thing in the world that makes sense is running from this place. Um, we want you to run to this place. Uh, everything that we do, all that we are, all of our adults, man, we're here to support and encourage you. So when you're going through stuff, we're, we're here. Um, don't run. We're here. All right. So uh, next is Claire and Rachel Copeland. Um, Claire, how, is, how has Greenhouse impacted you? Is it funny? 
Okay, um, greenhouses impacted me because even if I was having a bad week, I could always look forward to greenhouse because it was always every Wednesday, except if it was a holiday. But um, it's just a positive, like a positive place where I can worship freely, and I got to hear Britton or Rob, whenever Rob was here, and I got to hear them speak, and they would just encourage me to do my best, and it was just a positive part of my life that I went to every week. Cool. Rachel Copeland. Um, sort of like that. It really is a positive um, place to be, and when you have weeks when everyone knows those the weeks that are awful, like it, it's Monday's awful and Tuesday's worse, if that's possible. <laughs> um, I always looked forward to Wednesdays because if I could just make it to Wednesday, everything was going to be good. Um, and then I would come to Greenhouse, and then I'd be like, this is awesome. So Greenhouse has <laughs> definitely um, been a great time for me, so it's awesome, <laughs> if that answers it. I agree. All right. Um, so a little bit about uh, trips stuff. This is going to be Kara and Ellie. All right. So um, Kara... Did uh, did you ever regret going on a trip? <laughs> no. no. No? You never regretted going on a trip? No. Crazy. Did you ever regret not going on a trip? Yes. Tell me about it. So, I guess most recently everybody went to Dallas, and I had freshman orientation for college. It's a pretty good excuse, just being yeah. honest. But I've been looking forward to this trip all through high school because I knew the kids' mission trip was going to be the last one, and that's my thing. I love working with kids, so I was really sad I couldn't go, but at other times I had stuff going on, but, you know, I wouldn't have regretted, I guess. I don't know. Just go. <laughs> the hard part is Kara went on, like, every trip there was, so it's, it's hard for her to remember a trip she didn't go on, yeah. but... Um, <laughs> But yeah, so we were talking earlier, and, and all of them were running short on time, so I'm going to skip you. But uh, I mean, basically, the trips that you miss are the ones you regret. Um, and uh, so if there is any possible way for you to make any of these trips, God moves. Um, he just does. So when we offer something, man, we don't offer bad things. If, if it's not a trip that Mike and I feel really good about, we just don't do that trip. Okay? So uh, if it's at all possible for you to be there, be there. All right. Um, Ellie? What happens if there's a trip that's coming up and you go ask your bestie if, uh, if they're going to go and they say no, and then you go ask Bay if she's going to go or whatever, and they say no, and you're like, shoot, what do I do? None of my friends are going. What do you do? Um, you go anyway. That's what you do. Um, I went on Beach Breakaway two years ago, and I was fairly new to the church still, and I asked all the girls in my Sunday school class who were kind of the only people I was friends with at the time at the church, and only, like, two of them were going. And I was like, uh, I, it might be a little uncomfortable. I don't know if I should go. But I went anyway. And that was, I mean, when you go on a trip and you don't really know a lot of people, that kind of forces you to make new friends, whether you like it or not. And, I mean, that was awesome for me because I was like, hey, now I'm meeting a lot of people that I didn't really know before going on this trip. So... Yeah, you should go even if your friends aren't going. Absolutely. All right, next is uh, Allison. 
Um, talking about small groups a little bit, okay? So small groups. So we got Sunday morning small groups. We do, we've been doing life groups. We do lots of various small groups. Um, so what small groups have you been in during your time here, and then how have they helped shape you? Um, well, the biggest one that I've been involved in is life groups. And um, at the very beginning, I was in a life group with people that were called to missions and ministry. So um, we met with Britton, and he really held us to a higher standard and expected us to um, live out our faith. And that small group just kind of, like, pushed me and made me do things I didn't necessarily want to do, but I knew that I should be doing. And um, in that small group, I made lifelong friends, um, accountability partners, um, just people that I love to spend time with. So if you, I know they've got new things coming up in the fall that you'll learn about later, but um, definitely get involved with them and um, your relationship with Christ, will, with Christ will just grow. Very cool. All right. Uh, a little bit about impact. This is going to be Shannon and Kara and uh, for this one. Okay. So Shannon and Kara, um, how, how, tell me, tell us how you've served in our church and, uh, how specifically that changed you. So Shannon first, how have you served in the church? How has it changed you? Um, so my biggest thing that I do is, if you didn't see me, I was singing in the band. Um, so that's awesome. Uh, I can't tell you how much that's changed my life. And just one year singing up there has been awesome because you, you meet more people than you expect you're going to meet. You make better friends than you think you can make. And um, it doesn't just stop there. Um, if you, like, refuse to get involved in, like, small groups or go help with, like, Harvest Youth Club, like Jessica leads, that's serving. And if you love kids, then I don't see why you can't do that. Um, I loved singing, so I joined the band, and it's it was perfect. So if you think that you're above getting involved in a, in, and there's nothing for you to do, I bet if you go talk to Brenton or Mata, they're going to find some area with either within the church or without, outside of the church that you can serve in, and you'll be amazed at how it changes your life. That's right. By the way, we need new people in our bands, so... You should talk to me about that. Anyway, Kara, um, you didn't do band stuff. You did something else. What did you do? How did it change you? I work in the nursery every Sunday morning. Um, so pretty much I go to my Sunday school class, I go work in the nursery, and then I go to my worship service. So I don't miss anything on Sunday mornings by doing this. I actually gain a whole lot by working with these kids. Like, like I said before, I love working with kids, so that's the way that I really plug into the church. And not only do I get to mentor to the kids, I get to mentor to their parents, too, because they're the ones that come and drop them off and pick them up. And you can make a ton of relationships just by working with kids in the nursery. That's right. Tracy, our children's minister, just asked me. We're, we're graduating out a lot of children's ministry workers. Um, and she asked me if, there, if there's more high school students that would be willing to help in children's ministry. So if that's you... You should also talk to me. All right. Um, last, last question. We got Allison and Grant. Um, Allison, you go. We'll, we'll go with you first, and Grant will go second. Uh, so we want to talk about impact. So Allison, tell me how. How do you make an impact in your school and in your student ministry? How do you do that? Um, well, in your student ministry and in your school, um, you just get involved. Like I probably have missed. I probably can count the number of greenhouses that I've missed on one hand, and I've 
don't, I've missed like one trip, but I made an effort to be here every time that I possibly could. And um, just by doing that, you meet a lot of people and you're able to um, invest in them in a certain way, whether um, you meet them on a trip or in greenhouse or whatever, you can keep that relationship going. And um, in school, like I said, find your place. Um, Sparkman, Bob Jones, MA, Westminster, wherever, I know that they can have a place for you to get involved. And once you do that, you really just, once you find where you're supposed to be, like, you just flourish, I guess. Like, you're, you're good at it. So just by finding what you want to do and, like, where you want to be in school, um, you can get involved that way. And you just take the time to meet your teachers, take the time to meet the students around you, and just um, lead by example. Um, one of my favorite quotes is, um, always share the gospel, but when necessary, when necessary use words. Um, so just um, lead by example, I guess. Grant, you're on, uh, play baseball, right? Yes. Yeah. Tell us about how to have an impact um, in a situation like that. Okay, so I would say the biggest thing for me is I've been in, uh, playing sports all my life, and um, you know, there's travel sports and all that, but I never really did any of that because um, until I got older. But I think just playing sports, just making church a priority to be here um, Sundays, Wednesdays, just whenever you can, because like I've had to miss um, tournaments, games uh, because church was going on, and I think that made a, a really big impact on my teammates. Just um, that I was willing to miss a game or practice or anything for church. But I would say that um, the biggest thing is, like Allison said, lead by example. You don't have to be in people's face um, just, like, preaching at them, I guess. But um, just be an example and be an encourager on your teams um, in your sports and whatever you do. That's great. That's a lot of stuff, guys. I appreciate uh, you being willing to get up there and share. Even if it's a little scary, but you, you did a great job. I appreciate you all so much. Can you all thank them? Okay. All right. You guys, you guys can jump down. Our band's going to lead us one more song. Um, so, yeah, you guys, can, you guys can grab a seat unless you're banned, then you can't sit down. Other bandy people, you got to come on up. Thanks, man. Um, so, here's the deal. Uh, seventh graders, where are you at? The ones who just finished seventh grade. Raise your hand. There's about to be a grade that's coming behind you that doesn't know the ropes. Um, you can put your hand. Uh, there's got to be a grade coming right behind you that doesn't know the ropes, doesn't know what's expected out of them, doesn't know what they can. You're gonna you're gonna stay there, okay? Um, that uh, that doesn't know what to do. It's your job to lead them. Where's my ninth graders? Like you just finished ninth grade. There's about to be another grade coming right behind you, and senior high greenhouse has no idea what to do, what's expected of them. They've been doing their junior high thing, and we're about to show them what's up. Um, so it's your job to build some relationships with them and get to know them and meet them. And where's my upcoming seniors? I expect the world of you. Okay? Um, I ex- I'm not kidding. I expect you to lead well. I expect you to be men and women, not little boys and little girls, who are committed to the gospel and live it out. Um, I expect you to make an impact. That's what I expect of you. Anything less than that, I'm going to be disappointed, so no pressure, okay? Um, 
so that's what's up. So uh, next year's going to be a great year, man. I appreciate our seniors plowing the way. Um, every year our seniors do a great job, and they move us a little bit, a little bit closer to what we're shooting for. Um, so I, I, I just want to thank our seniors for the impact that they've had on our student ministry and your commitment and the faithfulness that you've shown to this place and our student ministry, our church. You guys have done a wonderful job. We love you all so much. And um, it's going to be sad to see you all go. But we're, we're so excited for you. We're going to do a little bit more with you in, in just a minute. But I just wanted to be able to say with a microphone that I love you guys and I'm going to miss you. And uh, I'm excited about what's coming next. Okay? All right. So stand with us. They're going to leave us one more song. we got one more thing to do. We'll be done. Okay? Stand up. Move on in a little bit. All right. Let us have it.